In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the day of my calamity, he also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. day of my calamity. 
He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. since you never fail to help and govern those whom you nurture in your steadfast fear and love. Work in us a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after Trinity is recorded in Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom 
has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Paul's first letter, the Apostle John's first letter, chapter 3. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. 
Now when the, one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they will all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he raised from the dead. Amen. Amen. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you, that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Our Father, who art in heaven, gave a great supper. He invited a multitude from the east and the west. And he has been sending his servants to proclaim this invitation ever since he himself instituted the office of the holy ministry. He makes every effort to fill his house, bringing his invitation to the highways, the hedges, and the highest places of the city. He is not content with excuses, for he is a jealous God. He responds to the words of rejection, I cannot come, by sending the invitation again, and again, and again. First to the Jew, and then to the Gentile, to the rich, to the workers, to the newly married, to the poor, maimed, lame, and blind. It's how he answers the prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The prayer of fear, love, and trust that our Father would certainly let his kingdom come, that he would keep us firm in his word and faith until we die. There is always room for another sinner in our Father's house. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Such scripture is profitable, first, for our consolation, and second, for our instruction in righteousness. First, the doctrine of election is pure gospel, that the Lord's servant proclaims, Master, it is done as you command it, and still there is room. The blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ is offered to all. It is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Our Father makes every effort that you would hear his justifying word, preach his absolution given. He gives you bread in the kingdom of God. Yet, some reject the invitation once, twice, and constantly. It is not our Father that prohibits them, but the disbelieving heart that hardens itself in its own excuses and imagination. Such an attitude that despises preaching and God's word is something more familiar to us than you might think. I have bought 
maybe not a piece of land, but I have bought a timeshare in my cabin up north. I cannot come to church. Or perhaps I have married a wife and our children are noisy and obnoxious and we are not in control of them, so we cannot go to Bible study. Such excuses are for fools who only reject right teaching with more scorn and hatred. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Likewise, nobody is surprised that scoffers will give peaceful protests at the overturn of Roe v. Wade. They do not care for wisdom, for they lack reverence, for they lack fear of the Lord. But for those who hear the wisdom of God and come to eat and drink at wisdom's furnished table, let there be no doubt or concern in your mind. Our Father in heaven commands and welcomes you to taste his supper. And he will not stop offering you the invitation of his son. When you come to wisdom's furnished table, you know that you are the elect in Christ. And second, this scripture is useful for our instruction in righteousness. Jesus, who is the wisdom of God incarnate, does not become snide or hateful at such fools. No, listen to the proverb again. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, wisdom says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. Wisdom does not scorn or scoff or hate, but calls to repentance. Wisdom offers the fool bread and wine. Wisdom does not accept excuses, nor does wisdom listen to them. The wisdom of God made flesh waits eagerly for the fool's turning away from sin, hoping and praying that he would receive the fear of the Lord, that through our Father's servant, the fool might receive the word of absolution. Dear Christians, it is not right that we scorn and scoff at this woke generation, and in so doing, we allow them to easily reject the invitation to wisdom's furnished table. When we allow our friends, neighbors, and family to flounder in the sinful imagination of their hearts, we are making our own excuses regarding the Father's invitation. Wisdom built her house, slaughtered her meat, and mixed her wine for all fools, for you and for your neighbor, for your family, for anyone who you are scoffing at. There's no pretending that you didn't get the invitation. And there's no pretending that your neighbor didn't get it either. The current claims that Christians are hateful. 
Yet, if we do not seek wisdom's furnished table for ourselves and for our neighbor, maybe we are. For St. John writes in his epistle, But whoever has this world's goods, the greatest good, and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Christ loved the world in word and tongue and in deed and truth, and the world hated him. And so do not marvel, brethren, if the world hates you. They will. They lack the beginning of wisdom and do not possess knowledge of the Holy One. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him will be condemned. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to you, Come, for all things are now ready. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified. 
in addition to those prayers listed in the congregation at prayer for the week. We also pray a prayer of thanksgiving for the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade, even as we lament and call for repentance in the cause of the preservation of life. We also remember uh, former member Jim Zindel, who is in hospice care at Waukesha Hospital. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, by your word and spirit, give us a fear and a knowledge of you. Let us on the way of wisdom and insight, that we may love you with your law's reproof and grow wiser still in the wisdom of your gospel and in righteousness of life. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you have brought us who once were far off to you by the blood of Christ. Bless the mission of your church in our land and throughout the world, that through the proclamation of the gospel, many may be built together with us into a dwelling place for you. Grant your blessing to Cherie Lafore, Gabrielle Legros, Betsy Benassik, Elton Falkortson, and John Bruss celebrating baptismal birthdays this week. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, we give thanks to you for the gift of holy matrimony. Bless your servants, Brett and Cara Rohde, Chuck and Jan Finke, celebrating wedding anniversaries this week. Help all parents to set their children's feet firmly on the wisdom's path by raising them up in the fear and knowledge of you. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, we solemnly thank and praise you for the judgment of the Supreme Court this week in reversing decisions that have given open sanction to the destruction of human life. Curb wickedness in every heart and place. For the sake of Christ, spare us those punishments that we have deserved. Restore compassion and the desire for life among all, and lead your church to show your love to the vulnerable, to the despised, and to those whose hearts have turned cold. Your Son has taken up our fragile flesh to free us from the bonds of sin by his death. Draw every heart to yourself, Holy Father, that believing in Christ we would not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, bless all who govern the nations in your stead. Grant peace in Europe. Keep the lips of civil rulers from speaking deceit. Turn them from evil, cause them to do good, and help them seek peace and pursue it. Lord, in your mercy. We give thanks to you for the ministry of Pastor Gelbach, who celebrates 35 years of ordination this week. Preserve him steadfast in the grace of his Savior, that with heart and mind he may continue to believe and confess Christ's holy name as an under-shepherd of Christ's church. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, we lift before you the many afflictions of our brothers and sisters, especially Jim in hospice care, whose death draws near. 
Marlene Schaefer continuing to recover from a heart attack and stroke, Walter Schmudlock recovering from a stroke, Jill Franklin in continued treatment after surgery, Jim Weber, John Paul Biney, and Amy Bruss in stages of therapy, Barbara Weeding in chemotherapy, Josiah Berenger and Todd Frederich suffering with cancer. For the sake of your righteous son, hear the cries for help and deliver your servants out of all of their troubles according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, since you have made us fellow citizens with the saints through the blood of Christ, help us not look upon anyone in our midst as strangers or aliens, but embrace them instead as fellow members of your household. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, your wisdom has mixed the wine and set this table before us in the feast of your Son's body and blood. Grant us faithfully to eat this heavenly bread and drink this wine, that we may leave our sinful ways and live, walking in the way of insight. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Right to give him thanks and praise. 
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection Open to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our <laughs> prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, 
Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.
Welcome to the Divine Service this morning. A number of things to share with you. In Bible class today, I will share uh, uh, an address concerning the Supreme Court decision from President Matthew Harrison. But right now, I'd just like to share this uh, letter that Reverend Glenn Obenberger, uh, President of the Evangelical Lutheran Synod, Reverend Mark Schroeder, President of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, and Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, to Attorney General Garland and Assistant Attorney General Clark. So this is a joint letter uh, by these three Lutheran church body presidents. Uh, Dear Attorney General Garland and Assistant Attorney General, as presidents of three Lutheran Christian church bodies that vigorously support the rule of law, justice, and legal protection for all people, especially the least, the weakest, the unborn, we are writing about the increased violence that has occurred following the leaked draft of the Supreme Court opinion concerning Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health Organization. These acts of violence against churches, pro-life organizations, and pregnancy centers are clearly terrorist acts. They are violence designed to intimidate in order to achieve a political end. Such attacks are sadly well documented. Pro-life organizations in Wisconsin and Oregon were attacked. A pregnancy care center in New York was also attacked. Vandals defaced 17 churches or pro-life organizations with pro-abortion or anti-religious slogans, including the phrase, abort the church. These terrorist acts aim to intimidate through the slogan, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. One extremist group is advocating violence in response to the final Supreme Court decision on Dobbs, while another group published the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices and encouraged people to show up at their homes, churches, and their children's schools in an attempt to coerce the justices and influence their final decision. A couple of weeks ago, there was an alleged attempted assassination of a sitting Supreme Court justice at his home. These continued terrorist assaults on religious and pro-life groups, because of their beliefs, are manifest crimes against citizens of the United States. These attacks call for a prompt, comprehensive governmental response. Please publicly condemn these unlawful attacks, investigate them, fully prosecute those responsible, commit to providing security for the victims and other community service organizations, and employ vigorous efforts to prevent similar attacks, uh, future attacks. We continue to pray for you and all those whom God has placed in authority over us. May God bless you in your tasks and guide you to govern according to his will. So that was dated uh, June uh, 24th, uh, the very uh, day before the Supreme Court uh, decision officially came down. A lot of those acts of violence against pro-life groups, uh, churches, and other institutions have been downplayed or not reported at all in the media. 
So please keep all of those in your prayer prayers. I will, uh, as I said, um, share uh, an, a quote, uh, an extended piece with the Bible class uh, from President Harrison uh, concerning the Supreme Court decision that was handed down Friday. Finally, um, it's so great to have Pastor Christensen here to completely shift from the sublime to the celebratory. Um, we have been so busy with getting him moved here and all of the things and symposium and I was in Chicago for the Making the Case conference and so forth. Um, you know, be patient with us. I told him it's, it's like learning dance steps, you know, uh, as we share together uh, the work of the ministry, which we are determined to do it liturgically in the chancel so you can see uh, the ebb and flow of the singular witness of Christ, but yet shared by two of his under-shepherds. So um, we have to see J uh, Jocelyn and Andrew Bender to work on our dance steps. But, you know, <laughs> that's, what, that's what practice uh, results in. Thank you and have a good week. Thank you.